You are listening to Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition Podcast, Episode 014. Welcome to the Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition. This is the only podcast that will share and teach actionable and biblical marketing strategies to empower you, the value-based business owners and Christian entrepreneurs. Learn to communicate your message effectively in this noisy world so you can finally earn more. Serve more and give more. Now, here is your host, Kelly Botter. Hello, Kelly Botter here. Welcome to God the MBA podcast. Are you a planning freak like I used to be? Well, I meant I'm much better now after relocating over three continents, three states in USA plus Jamaica, two pregnancies. On the go, and wrote a Amazon bestseller plus own my virtual business since 2004. Now, why I'm describing here is not to break, but to say that it probably is safe to admit that I did learn a thing or two about planning and establishing systems, both in business and in life. However, I also learned sometimes I just have to let go and let God, and the importance to strive for that balance. Today's guest, she admitted that we are like partners in crime when it comes to planning. Well, I guess we cannot really blame her. Because after all, that's how she and Zhang Li Dumas have built their seven-figure business. In today's interview, I ask a question, which not usual for business podcasts, I would say, and it's the very thing how Kate and Zhang use it to help them. To grow both in life and in business to the next level, curious? I hope so. For those of you might not know Kate or John just yet, here is Kate's official bio. Kate Erickson is a creator, engager, and implementer over at EO Fire, which is Entrepreneurs on Fire. A seven-day-a-week podcast that interviews today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs. She is also the host of Kate's Take, the EO Fire audio blog, and author of The Fire Path. It's a beginner's guide to growing your online business. She is very passionate about helping entrepreneurs create freedom in their business and life through developing, guess what, systems and processes that can help their business scale and grow. Okay, now let's check with Kate. Hello, Kate. Thank you so、Hi. much for saying yes and being on the show. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we are just saying before the show. We say it is so crazy 
you are in Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico and I'm in <laughs> Switzerland and we are here and who knows where our listeners today they are. Yes. Gotta, gotta really appreciate the technology. And uh, Kate, you know, everybody knows, almost everybody knows. And before we hop on the conversation, actually, I introduced you already. Know that you are this behind the, behind the scene. And uh, I would say that, you know, all the successful men behind the scene, they to the even better women behind <laughs> supporting. <laughs> Thank so, you for that. May I ask? That why you guys make the decision to relocate to Puerto Rico? So John and I have both lived in the United States for our whole lives. John was born in Maine, in a small town in Maine, and I was born, well, I was born in Oregon, but I've spent most of my years in Southern California and San Diego. So when we connected, um, we both expressed our love to travel to each other. And our love for travel kind of differs in a, in a couple of ways, but um, we found through the experiences we were having together, because John and I are, are partners in business and in life, so we live together, we travel together, we work together, and um, we found in the conversations that we were having, and especially in 2014 when we took a two-week trip to Europe completely unplugged from our business, that there would maybe be an opportunity for there, there for us to create something really incredible that would add great value to other people's lives through a pain point that we saw when we were traveling. So when we were in Europe, we were going, you know, we were in Paris, Barcelona, Lugano, Switzerland, and we found a lot of the times that we were there, our love of travel comes together where I just love exploring the culture and meeting the people and finding out these different ways that people live. And John really loves the history aspect of it. So in every place that we traveled to, we were desperately trying to find walking tours that we could go on that would teach us about, you know, the way that people live and why they live a different way there and the history behind that. We were able to find a few of these books that were helping us do that very well, but we both love audio because we're podcasters. And so we were looking for audio walking tours. This whole idea came to us of why couldn't we be the ones to travel the world, to travel the world's greatest cities and create audio walking tours so that when people go to Paris or Barcelona or Switzerland, that they'd have somebody to listen to who's walking them through the history and taking them through spots that you don't find necessarily in tourist magazines. So very long story short, John and I are in San Diego. We're loving life. We're very comfortable. And my family's there. I absolutely just live and die for my family. That's really important to me. And John's family, I know, is very important to him. But we were so comfortable, Kelly. We were so comfortable in San Diego that every time we talked about this travel venture that was like this big vision for us, we're like, why would we leave San Diego? This is like everything that we want and need. So... Coming to Puerto Rico was really kind of like a collision of us getting out of our comfort zone, going someplace that we're not familiar with, but there are a ton of benefits to us being in Puerto Rico. One, that it's a US Commonwealth. So there was no like travel visa or anything for us to figure out in that respect. Mm. So that's really initially what brought us here and what made Puerto Rico very attractive to us. We knew it was gonna get us out of our comfort zone and we knew that we wouldn't have all the travel barriers than if we were like trying to move to Europe or someplace like that. 
Okay, you know it's kind of when we, the other day I was talking with some uh, community members in the you know in Chris Darker's crowd and then also in other other communities say actually why did they move? And you know as a person that our family moved like over three continents and three states, but it just the relocation really impact our lives and our kids really enrich their life experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that so. Since we're on this topic, may I ask that so far, I mean, what can you say that this relocation have have impact on you and John? Because, you know, uh, we have many American friends and then we figure that the perspectives and the way to operate business and life is quite different between those people who have lived outside the U.S. and, and those not. Right. Yes, I could definitely see that now that we've kind of taken this leap and embarked on this adventure. One thing it's done for John and I personally is, you know, it's given us this experience together. Like it's given us something else to share that brings us closer. You know, so many people always ask me, like, how on earth do you guys work together? How do you live together, be together, work together? Don't you guys drive each other crazy? And for me, every experience that John and I create together, it just brings us closer together because it gives us a shared experience. It gives us a cohesive vision for what it is that we want to see in our lives. So that's been one thing that it's done for, you know, John and I. We're I mean, figuratively and literally speaking on an island, you know, it's us, we're in this together, we're figuring out things as we go, we don't know everything, we don't know what's going to happen in an hour or tomorrow, you know, we're here, we're figuring it out as we go. And I think that that leads into the second thing that this really opens up your perspective, and it really makes you appreciate and be so grateful for everything that you have. Because here in Puerto Rico, we might be driving by a multi-million dollar mansion and the next street you turn and you see absolute poverty and it really helps you appreciate and recognize everything that you have. It makes you think twice when you complain about stupid stuff. And I really think that that helps us in our business because it further teaches us how to be great leaders and how to be examples for our community. And I really think that's important when you're running a business, you you know, you're asking people to follow you and to follow your vision. And in order, I believe in order to do that successfully, you have to have a good head on your shoulders and you have to have the type of experience that somebody can look up to and say, you know, that's really great to know. Like maybe when I complain about something, it's not really that important. Maybe I should be focusing my bandwidth and my mental energy on ways that I can impact other people and impact the world versus complaining about something that, you know, just move on. And so I really think that that has been a big part of this experience. Well, that's so well said, Kate. I remember our family when we live in Bangkok. And, you know, as aspects, you know, you live in a comfortable place, you know, nice, uh, gated community, everything. But then when we drove out with our kids to explore, we literally see what they are so-called home for many local people. It's just three cardboards, you know. And yeah. uh, when we went to Jamaica, it's the same, you know. Every yeah. other day, I personally, we experienced that there's no water, there was no power, because they, but for, from 12 to 3 o'clock, they had to shut it down and then for the commercial usage because their mm. power planning, it's, it's not enough. And 
we are talking about 110 degree Fahrenheit and 80%, well, I think 90% of humidity. So mm. after that, when you step into the soil of uh, the America, I remember I was standing in front of a Walmart and then I look at all those vegetable and fruits, I have my tears down. You don't know what you miss out yeah. when, when you never live outside of the, you know, uh, of the advanced country, really. I think that it makes you more resourceful, too. And I think that there's a lot of benefits in business, being able to correct course and figure something out. Even, you know, a lot of people give up when they come to roadblocks or when something isn't easy. They think, oh, well, I'll just find another way around it. Sometimes living in another country will teach you there are no other options. You have to figure it out. So it's kind of been a lesson in resourcefulness as well. How can we make this work with what we have and make this the best situation possible? So that, that's been big too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm sure that many of uh, the audience that know you, Kate, it's the the expert for planning and organization and build the system for you guys, the, you know, the amazing seven-figure business, you know. And myself is a planning freak. But then <laughs> I was laughing when I was listening to your recent um, uh, case take, uh, the episode 151, we're going to put that in the show notes, that talk about yourself, you know, kind of, you know, kind of reflection, I would say, that episode. You talk mm-hmm. about your learning Ah, oh, sometimes it's not too bad to let go a little bit. So how do you strike that balance between either over planning and let go? Yeah, I th- it's such a great conversation to have, I think, because we're, we're both self-admittedly planning freaks, right? We want to be in control of the situation. We want to know what's going to happen. Um, we don't really want to like go out on an adventure and not have the things planned out. Like, I want to know what's going to happen in four hours. I want to know if I should eat now or if I can wait to eat. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes, and I've recognized this through our move and through being in a new place, is that sometimes when you don't plan things, amazing things can happen and you uncover things that you wouldn't have uncovered if you were just, you know, blindly following a plan and not, you know, not experiencing 360 degrees of where you are and and the possibilities. That's been a great lesson for me because in business, I always want to have everything like so structured. And I think that it's really important to have a plan and a vision of where you want to go And I think it's very important to know the steps or at least have some type of idea of how you're going to get there. I think that's incredibly important in business. But I've experienced this and I know that other people have experienced this, too, because they've come to me with this, you know, recurring trouble is you get held back by having to have everything in a certain place. And you don't feel like you can move forward because you can't see every single step. The most important step for you to see is the next step that you need to take. Mm. So if I set a goal in business or I'm putting together a strategy or I have this big vision of creating something, I think it's important to see the vision, have some sort of plan of how you're going to get there. But the most important thing to focus on is the next step that you need to take. And I've learned that through, you know, my experience here, what you heard me talk about in episode 151. I'm okay with not having every single step of the plan there if I can't put it there. 
And that's okay because the next most important thing for me to know is what my next step is going to be, not 10 steps ahead because so many things can change between now and then. If I plan out 10 steps, chances are step five, seven, eight, nine, they're going to change because I'm going to run into things that aren't what I expected. And, you know, maybe um, something that I was counting on doesn't come through. So I think planning is very important. I love planning. (laughs) I'm almost (laughs) hesitant to like talk against it. Um, But I certainly have experienced that, you know, without a plan, amazing things can happen as well. Yeah, I think it's the balance, isn't it? I think about relocation process the same. You know, I try to plan as much as I can. But, uh, you know, when things happen in between, we need to have that buffer and flexibility. Say, okay, it's all right. It's all right that we have to kind of uh, just allow the flow. But I, I'm totally with you in business. We cannot like have you in the show and we don't talk about how to kind of creating a system in our business. But before that, I want to ask a common question. I pull my Facebook group. Oh. And, yeah. And then I ask a question say, okay, when it comes to creating business in business, uh, creating system in business, what is your number one challenge? Mm. And they told me, say, you know, Kelly, we all know that we need to do it, but somehow, sometimes you just kind of, kind of just stare at stare that thing, right? Yeah. Okay, you guys, you probably don't see this case, you know, nothing, right? <laughs> so you just kind of stare at that thing and you cannot, just cannot get, move forward to do it. Okay, maybe we can share with us that, have you ever in that, in that situation? Yes. All all the time, actually. I mean, so many times I come up against a task or a project I'm working on, and I know instinctively in my mind that there should be a process to this, that there should be some type of system that I'm following, because this is a recurring task, which are great tasks to create systems around because you do them often. And I'll be up against that task, but I'll think, well, I'll just do it one more time. And then next time, I'll create the system or I'll document the system. And I know that this is such a common feeling for people. And I totally get it because right now in this moment, it seems like more work for me to create the system than to just do the thing one more time. But what we need to start envisioning and what we need to be thinking about is that, yes, it will take you more time to set up the system right now. That's 110% true. But next time it's going to save you time. And the next time it's going to save you time and the next time forever, as long as you keep up with your systems, it's going to save you time. So yes, more time right now, but the reward is that it will be less time later. Yeah, indeed. It's just like, you know, we just have to really make ourselves see that. And then, you know, and if you guys need more inspiration, you just can go to eofire.com. Kate did an awesome job in her audio blog. Have a, I think the season two, right? Have a plenty of tools. And then uh, she literally walked used to step by step. And so, Kate, can you share with us that some key points to build a system? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I always look at systems as five steps. Any system that you want to set up, no matter what it is, it's a project or a task or a recurring thing that you do, five steps. The very first step when you're just starting to create systems in your business is what I call taking inventory. This is when you're going to spend just maybe like one week 
in your business, you're going to have a piece of paper and you let that piece of paper follow you around at your desk or, you know, wherever you work, if you're going to the cafe, if you go into an office, maybe, and you just write down the tasks that you're doing and you do this for one week. So, you know, write Monday at the top of the page, list out the tasks that you're doing. They might be checking email, um, engaging on Facebook, checking, uh, moderating my group, engaging with my community, creating Excel spreadsheets of you know, whatever data you collect, maybe creating a survey, you know, these are the types of things that we're just being very basic here. I don't want anyone to be scared off by taking inventory. All you're doing is writing out the things that you do on a day to day basis. At the end of that week, you get to look back at that list. And the way that I like to do this is categorize it into daily, weekly, semi monthly, and monthly. So you're going to start to categorize all the tasks that you see. And some things you're going to see that you do on a daily basis, maybe email and engaging in Facebook. Those are things that you do every day. So they would be on your daily list. So you go down and you write out all the, um, you categorize all those tasks. Maybe some of them will be one-time tasks. So you can create a column for a one-time task that you might be working on right now too. So that's the first step is taking inventory and you're categorizing the things that you're working on in your business. The second step is to choose just one of those that you want to create a system around. We don't create systems around multiple things at the same time. We take it one at a time because that's just going to like not make it so overwhelming. You know, that's going to help with that you sitting down and looking at the thing and just being paralyzed by like, I don't even know where to start, so I'm not going to do it. So if you just take one of those tasks, then ideally it's going to be a task that makes a big impact in your business or a task that can save you a ton of time. So a good place to start is on your daily tasks because presumably that's what you're spending the most time on is the tasks that you do daily. So just take one of those tasks. So in this second step, we write out the steps for just that one task. What do you do every time you check your email? You go and maybe you type in the email, uh, the, the URL of your email provider, you sign in, you start opening the emails in separate tabs, you know, really get specific about exactly what you do every time you go to check email. And then, so that's a second step is to write out the steps. The third step is to create efficiency. So this is where we get to start saving time. This is where we start creating some type of a system around the task or the project that we've chosen. The three categories that I love using for creating efficiencies is categorizing each of the steps that we've written out into automate, delegate, or batch. So um, automate, that's going to be something that you can use some type of tool or software to help you do that, that step. The steps that you're categorizing, they might be different ones. An entire system doesn't have to be all automate, all delegate, or all batch. So just next to each of your steps, you either automate with a tool or a software, delegate, you have a virtual team member, or maybe a service that you found that you can delegate that step to. And batching would be for steps that require you. So these are things that you can't automate, that you can't delegate to somebody else. Like Kelly, recording your podcast, that's something that you need to do yourself because you're the host of this podcast and you're selling it as come hang out with Kelly. So you'll batch those steps. So step one was take inventory. Step two, once you've chosen the one thing you're going to create a system around is going to be write out the steps. Step three is to create efficiencies. We do that by labeling automate, delegate, and batch. And then step four would be to document your system. 
So you've written out the steps and you have an idea of what you're going to automate, delegate, and batch. Actually documenting that system is creating the order and figuring out how that works together. Like if a step is going to be automated, what's the tool that you're going to use for that? And how does that affect a step that you might be delegating to somebody else? And if there's batching in there, documenting that system would involve you figuring out when you're going to batch that part of the task. And by batch, I mean doing the same thing multiple times in one time space versus spread out across like an entire week. So podcast recording, instead of recording on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you might record all on Mondays. So you're not spreading it across multiple days. You're doing it all at one time if possible. And then the final step, step five, is to check up on your systems because things are going to change, new tools are going to come out, your business is going to evolve, and it's really important that we're checking up on our systems so that things aren't falling through the gaps, especially if we have systems that are automated or delegated because we don't have eyes on them all the time anymore. So even if one little thing changes, that could change the way that your system is working in a negative way. So it's really important to be checking up on your systems too. I recommend like maybe once every three months just to make sure that everything's still running smoothly. And like you said, I go into complete detail on everything that I just talked about um, in that season on the podcast. Yeah. And then, you know, if you're driving and listening to to this, you know, don't worry, we're gonna put everything in the show notes. So uh, don't worry about that. You surely can have all the details what Kay just shared. So Kay, so far we, you know, if we just listen to you and we feel that you are super perfect, right? So like uh, you never make any mistake or you kind of, you know, never have those embarrassed moments as an entrepreneur. <laughs> Please tell us you do have something happen to you and you know, so, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So actually, a pretty funny story um, that John and I encountered is um, at New Media Expo in 2014. So this is about a year and a half after the podcast launched. So, you know, we had gained momentum and John had his name out there and EO Fire was you know, somewhat well-known in the podcasting space. And we are at New Media Expo. We're putting on our first meetup for our community. So this is the first time that we've ever gone out there publicly and said, we're going to host a meetup. So we want all you guys to come together. We'd love to meet you. We want to host you and just kind of have like a meetup, a little party at New Media Expo. It was a great opportunity because so many people were in one place for this conference that we said, okay, let's do this. So we put it out there. We had no idea what to expect. And hundreds of people started RSVPing, like over 100 people. And I thought, you know, maybe 40, 50 people will RSVP for this. So over 100 RSVPs, like as soon as we put it out there. So I immediately started freaking out because I didn't have a plan for over 100 people. <laughs> I had a plan for like 40 people. So then we start frantically calling places in Las Vegas, which is where New Media Expo was being held that year. And we're trying to get somebody to let us reserve a space that's going to hold over 100 people with an ever-growing RSVP list. And nobody would do it for like under $5,000. And I yeah. thought, like, we don't have that budget. We can't, we, we can't pay $5,000. And that was just to have a space for people. 
let alone food and drinks and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I had a real moment of panic. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I started freaking out. So John and I started brainstorming together and we thought, you know what, what if we upgraded to a suite at the hotel and we hosted the meetup in our room? Like that would be kind of cool because we'd be very open, you know, we'd be inviting people into our home, so to speak. I mean, it was our home for a few days of the conference. We would be able to just go to like Walmart or something and get all <laughs> the food and drinks that we wanted. So that's actually what we ended up doing. Our very first meetup with Fire Nation, our audience was in our hotel room at the hotel at, for New Media Expo. We rented a suite and, you know, we invited everybody in. We went to Walmart and, I mean, it was one tragedy after the next because when we went to Walmart to get all this stuff, all of our cards were being declined because we were paying like, you know, it was like a $600 transaction at Walmart. So we started having to like split up the order into like multiple transactions. I mean... It was a total mess in all senses of like setting it up and making it happen, but everybody had such an amazing time and it came together and everybody was so appreciative and they loved that we were inviting them like to our hotel room. I mean, they thought that was like really cool. So, you know, it was uh, definitely a lesson learned in hosting events, but uh, we had a good time. <laughs> too bad that how come you did not give me a call in 2014 because I wish there are two properties there in Vegas. Oh, <laughs> bummer. <laughs> Next uh, time. <laughs> yeah, we did there over eight years. So, okay. So, Kate, what is the one godly MBA moment? Meaning the moment that you realize your business is way beyond just a business. I joined the team at EO Fire about six months after John had actually launched the podcast. But because we were boyfriend and girlfriend living together, I had kind of seen like this whole progression of John starting this business and growing an audience and, you know, getting from the point where I had no idea what he was doing, like I didn't know what a podcast was or any of that, to the point where he was actually generating revenue. And like that was really amazing to me. And it showed me that, you know, what he envisioned that like it was actually happening. And I thought that was so, so cool. When I came on board and I started kind of working in the back end of the business, I felt like I needed an outward facing connection because I was behind the scenes a lot. I was working on the back end a lot. I saw how everything was working, but I felt like for me to really grasp that this was a business, I needed to like meet the people who we were impacting. I needed to see like chat with them and, and understand how we were impacting them because I knew that would help me do my job better too. So when I started connecting with our audience by just reaching out to people via email and saying like, I would love to, you know, chat with you for a few minutes. Would I be able to call you on Skype? And I'm not asking for money. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just want to have a conversation. And when I started having those conversations with people in Fire Nation and they started like pouring their heart out to me, telling me how much the podcast meant to them and how much what we were creating had changed their lives. I really felt it. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is something that we're creating that's having this impact. And it was 
a really incredible moment. It continues to be an incredible moment. We're so lucky that our audience is so open with us and loves to engage with us. And so now, you know, we have those conversations more and more often. And it's really what, you know, pushes us, gives us drive to continue doing what we're doing um, is why we do what we do. And, and that was a really like big aha for me is like, wow, this is really like happening and really impacting people. So it was very special. Well, you are impacting my lives. And, uh, you know, I joined a, a paradise for uh, two years ago, although now I just started now. And but I also uh, joined you guys in the webinar on fire. And I being uh, observe and be there in community, watch you guys, you know, uh, how you how you operate, how you build a community and all the ripple effects. Thank you, know. you. So thank you so much, Kate, for today's precious time. Yes. And uh, I have to come to Switzerland once. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And Puerto Rico for you. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Kate. Okay, thanks, Kelly. I trust that you have enjoyed this episode as much as I did. For all the information we mentioned during the show, please visit katiebother.com forward slash zero one four. Thank you so very much for listening to the show. We know you have given us your most valuable treasure, your time, and we don't take it lightly. We truly appreciate it. Did you enjoy the show? If yes, please, please do share, subscribe, and give us your honest reviews on iTunes. So there will be more people able to find this show and my team and I can continuously produce valuable content for you. Don't forget all the goodies we mentioned during the show, those links. And my free gift to you is at kellybother.com. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Godly MBA podcast. For more actionable marketing tips and strategies and today's show notes, visit www.kellybotter.com.